This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. It's the power hour, hour number five, the final hour of the G-Bag Nation. We got some great cuts from the great one, Wayne Gretzky from the Spittin' Chicklets podcast. Big news for the Mavericks, though, today as the sales complete. The sale of the Mavs from Mark Cuban to the Adelson and Dumont families was unanimously, unanimously approved by the National Basketball Association. Uh, It's, of course, a valuation of $3.8 to $3.9 billion. They're acquiring 69% of it, Cuban keeping 27% of it. Uh, Mark was just asked about this as the Mavericks are getting ready to take on the Cavs. Luka is in, by the way. He will be playing. But saw Two different quotes. Here's Mark Cuban on the sale. said, they're not basketball people. I'm not a real estate person. That's why I did it. I could have gotten more money selling to someone else. Obviously, I'm really excited, but it's a great partnership. On the luxury tax, which has been a topic of conversation, Mark said, quote, they basically said, you do what you got to do. I want to win. So no excuses now for the Mavs not going in to the luxury tax. This was fascinating, though, from Tim McMahon. Mark Cuban acknowledged that Patrick Dumont will have final say as the Mavs governor. There you go. But Cuban says he will run basketball ops with sole goal of winning. Okay, so Mark is really the president and basketball operations guy. And the son, I assume, is he a son? Uh, Patrick Dumont, I'm not sure if or he's a, a son uh, or an older if, he's gentleman? The, if he's the old guy. Okay, me, there might be a husband involved here. Could be a husband? Yeah, okay, so if it's Dumont, he's probably, we'll see, maybe a son. But anyway, that's the governor. That's the one that goes to the owner's meetings and stuff now. And when they start to talk about the financials of televisions and stuff like that, or the league, then that's, you know, Mark no longer has that ability to go in there and Yeah, so guy. Dumont's just another person. Uh, he's the president and chief operating officer of the Sands Group. Okay, in which, you know, the Adelson family owns. Okay, so he must be a representative of the family. Then. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, right. if, we're, if, we're slowly getting more information on that whole process. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, people beat up Mark Cuban because it's politics. Well, look there. He's working with people that have totally different views than him on the political side of the game. Absolutely. If you're paying attention. Money brings everyone together. How about it? Absolutely. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. I'll tell you, and I, you know, there's no, no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, just permanent interests. Mm-hmm. There's no question that the league is... Uh, now, what we have to worry about here is maybe that team moving to Vegas. I don't think if, the Mavs will ever move. If things don't work out with the casino and gambling and they're not really basketball fans, what's their interest of, you know, what's their interest? Could their interest be, okay, we'll move it to a state where we can, where there is gambling and we can, we we know the zoning laws and we know the building codes and we we have the the people in our back pocket that we pay yearly to get things done you know they're they're coming here trying to change things in Texas i believe yeah and if they can't get that done do you worry about the mavs being the team that moves to you know the team that moves to las vegas and i wonder if there's some provision that mark cuban you know that would be interesting because all of a sudden, then Mark Cuban's 27% becomes really, really valuable if that team yeah. shows up in Las Vegas. 
because they will build it with the casino and everything else there. Maybe, maybe you get another. I don't know. You I mean you get a, you get another arena out of that? I don't know. Maybe they maybe the the casino is part of the arena. I could be. Uh, so you're like building a big. Well, like you know, have you know, like uh, the MGM Grand, you know, well the whole b- boxing event, yeah, you know, that it's inside the casino. Right. So, yeah, right. I, I could definitely see that being a part of it. Uh, we got Blues and Stars tonight. Uh, Stars getting back on the ice, looking to win their sixth of seven, and you know the Blues are certainly an interdivision team that they're going to want to win. In the past two seasons, twenty four five and five against Central Division opponents, including six one and one this season, they've been very very good. Scout Wedgwood has a point in each of his last ten decisions with an 8-0-2 record, third longest streak by a goalie in Stars history. Let's have him continue those winning ways. And to stay on the ice, uh, I was, you know, seeing some clips from the Spit and Chicklets podcast, which is a really great podcast. If you haven't watched, it's probably the best one uh, around when it comes to, you know, some hockey talk. It's, of course, with uh, Ryan Whitney, and then you've got Paul Bissonette, who does stuff with TNT as well. It's part of the Bar- uh, Barstool Sports. It's in their line of podcasts. That along with Spits and Suds. Of course, the the best one's going. But the great one, Wayne Gretzky sat down with them, was talking about several different stories that are absolutely brilliant, and I thought maybe you'd enjoy listening to a couple of them. So here's the first one. Uh, We'll start with uh, Wayne Gretzky having the Russians (laughs) over for a barbecue at Mom and Dad's house. This is 1987. Cold War's still going on. And the great one shares those details. I met Larionov in 84 and snuck him out for dinner. And so I knew he spoke English. So he said to me in 87 during the uh, warm-up tournament exhibition games, he said, Wayne, can we go have dinner? And I said, listen, bring whoever you want. My parents live 20 minutes from here. Let's go to my house. And he goes, okay, the big five, Kasatonov, Larionov, Krutov, Makarov, and Tisov. But Tikhanov has to come and two KGB guys. I said, no problem. So they come to my house, right? And my mom did a barbecue in the backyard and my basement was downstairs. And I had this old friend, Charlie Henry. I said, Charlie, he's standing at the top of the stairs here. Don't let the KGB down. And I took the guys down there and I had beers down there for them. And they all had a beer. They were so happy and so thrilled and so like thankful. Because like, they were so strict where they wouldn't have l- oh, let them drink otherwise. They couldn't have a beer. And I showed them all my trophies and memorabilia and everything. And it was unreal. I mean, that's rare for like the, I mean, like. Back in it, those days, it was. Uh, Cold War. Stuff. Yeah, it was do, Cold War. Do you think that if, if that would have became public knowledge at the time, there would have been backlash towards like hanging out with the enemy before the tournament? No, or? not from us, but for them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, not from us, but for them, it would have been not cool. Gretzky just pounding Jeez. some brews with the Russians downstairs in his basement. He tells his buddy, hey, go ahead. I want you yeah. to you just don't let these KGB guys down here. Yeah. So I'm Stall me, them while I'm drinking. Me and my guests can Labatt's. have a couple coldies. Yeah, I'm drinking Labatt's with the, the Russian buddies Oh, here. man. I now, think that's great, though. It's amazing that sports, I mean, it, it, all the things that we think about and the relationships that we feel like, oh, that's an enemy and this, that, and the other. I, I can't remember the... Uh, the, the the gentleman during the with Jesse Owens that befriended Jesse Owens it was a German uh, athlete. Oh, I know the story. And and you know and the whole thing was going on with 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 Hitler and all this and this uh, this 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 athlete was Jesse Owens was struggling with this long jump. Was it Luz Long? Luz Long, Luz Long, and Luz Long told him about how you know you you need to think about the step where you're hitting it you know. And he gave Jesse Owens like he coached him up. And 
Yeah, they're just, you know, it's just amazing what you think these enemies, but sport, the way it kind of brings you together. Absolutely. And those guys were just so damn grateful just to be probably just to not have a beer. just to sit down and yeah. have a beer and, and like look at trophies. And, and, the, and those were legendary names when you start oh, yeah. to talk about hockey, you know, but man, I mean, that's, that's a, that's what a great story. It, 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 we need to hear more stories like that, you know, with, uh, with the way that athletes come together. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of the Olympics as well, right? I yeah. mean, everybody, you know, for, for the love of sport and we're putting our differences aside and the camaraderie. Well, there's and, a lot of coming together on the uh, at the Olympics. Oh, there sure is. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, you yeah. can say that again. Yeah, yeah a lot uh, of, a different meaning. A lot of, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, Wayne, uh, so he talks about game seven, 1993 against Toronto, Stanley Cup. Uh, and this, this is another phenomenal story. And he, he's a guy that gets to the rink early before yeah. everybody else. So they've got heightened security, and he drops one of the coldest lines to the security guard <laughs> you'll hear. We're playing game seven in Toronto, and we have extra security on our floor. I go to the rink at 2 o'clock for a 7.30 game. So I get in the elevator, and two security guards, and the one guy stays up, and the one guy gets in the elevator with me. And I go, hey, big night tonight, huh? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's going to be crazy. I go, what do you mean it's going to be crazy? And the guy says to me, oh, 10.30 tonight, this town's going to be crazy. We get down to the bottom of the floor, and I stop the elevator. I say, you know about your job at 10.30? He goes, yeah. I said, don't worry about it. He goes, what do you mean? I goes, my job starts at 7.30. Yeah. True story. And then what? And then five-point night. And then was it the third goal that you banked in off the goalie? No, was that the Dave second? Ellett. Oh, yeah, off his foot, right? Yeah. And totally on uh, purpose. There was, was, no other... it was a play. It was just but you luck. were going off his foot, right? There was no, no other kings in the area. I, I was just throwing it out. Okay. I, okay. I, I like to brag about it. I just threw it out I there. love the honesty. No, <laughs> there's no <laughs> rhyme or reason. got to be good to be lucky. Man, my job starts at 7.30. You don't need to worry about your job at 10.30. You're not going to be partying because yeah. I'm going to beat you. Yeah. I, amazing. 5-4, of course, the Kings, whom Gretzky, the great one, was with at that time, defeats the Toronto Maple Leafs. Unreal. I, and, I paid, a, like, a, we were at a playoff game in yeah. San Francisco, and Gretzky was playing with the Kings in San Jose that night. We were staying there, and I, I paid $125 at the time in 1990. Oh, what was it, 1994, 95, that his last year I, in, when he was playing with the Kings, I paid to go watch him play. I, I could pay oh. 125 bucks for a $15 ticket. That's awesome. So I, could, I went by myself. That's like $800 now. Yeah, I just, I, I said, man, I've got to watch Wayne Gretzky play hockey live one time. Sat in the very top of the Shark Tank at the, I guess it's some HP arena now or whatever, but very top of the last row you could sit in, 15 buck ticket, and I... Paid 125, so I got to go to this game. It's amazing. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he was special. The stories that oh gosh, you know, and, and he does an excellent job. Now he's being way more open talking about some of this stuff. But the pregame meal, I don't know if you've ever heard about the Wayne Gretzky pregame meal. This was somewhat of my introduction to it. But this dude ate the exact same meal before every game. And the story of uh, getting traded to his new team, I believe this might have been when he was with Edmonton. But here's Wayne's pregame meal. So our first pregame meal was in Toronto, right? And at that time, it was switching over to pasta and chicken and all this. And so I walked into the first pregame meal, and I said to the gal, I said, where's the baked potato and steak? And she said, Mr. Keeney said, no baked potato or steak. And I said, well, I don't play without baked potato and steak. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, I, you better I, get one down I, here. I, I've done this my whole life. My dad taught me this when I was seven. You have a baked potato and a steak. And she goes, Mr. Gretzky, we'll get a baked potato and a steak. And I go, and we need vanilla ice cream for when I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you just stole the pregame meals. It's yeah, like yeah. Wayne Gretzky yeah, and HL pregame. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't play with a baked potato, steak. That's why my whole career I had baked potato, steak, corn, chicken noodle soup, salad, and vanilla ice cream. I ate it every day at 1230. I said, tell Mr. Keenan, does he want me to play tonight or yeah, not? Yeah, that's what Fox said. Within 20 minutes, there was 30 sizzling steaks right on the, on the table with the baked potatoes. It's amazing, dude. I mean, just crushing a baked potato, a steak. Oh, it's some vanilla ice cream for when I'm done. But it's true. You want Wayne Gretzky to play? Yeah. I'm going to get him whatever the hell he needs. Yeah, you're absolutely. That's whatever whatever Wayne Gretzky needs to to get uh, get himself ready to like get four or five points for you that night. Yeah, absolutely, go for it. Unreal. Yeah. Some uh, some fun stories there. I'd love to see. Uh, I'd like to see somebody write a book one day about pregame meals and what the various great athletes. That would I be know, great. You do kind of get in. Mm, you should keep that one to yourself. That could be, a, yeah. That's a good book. You know B. enough trainers, you could probably you find do. out. See, I'd like to know, like, you know, the, like stories like that are cool. Like, because we know that Wayne Boggs ate chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, with others, like Shohei Otani, does he eat something? Does he eat like a, you know, does he eat a sub sandwich or something? I'd like to know what players, like, if they get into such, and players are creatures of habit. So they're going to eat the same thing. Need to ask Zach Martin next week what he eats, you know, pregame meal because they have a pretty good spread there for the Cowboys. A lot of lot, it's it's come a long way, uh, you know. Like say, some players don't like to eat at all. I know. I think Zach Martin was saying he's not a big eater. Oh, that's right. That's guy. right. He did say that. Did yeah. we ask him about that? One he time? doesn't really like okay. eating a lot. He doesn't eat a lot before the games. That's true. But there, I'm I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there's a ton of others that they have the same thing. You know, whether it's a baked potato and steak, well, or maybe, a peanut butter and jelly, or fettuccine alfredo. Sometimes you go through and you maybe you're a little superstitious too. You know, you've avoided like having bad games. Maybe you didn't get hurt. You know, you kind of do the same thing. So. Maybe get that book together. That'd be fun. Really good. All right. Uh, Let's welcome in our buddy Carter Freeman. Carter Goes Harder, our college football expert, joins us next on The Fan. All right. Time now to catch up with our college football expert, Carter Freeman, for a little Carter Goes Harder. And uh, here he is, Carter Freeman. Uh, Carter, anything? Oh, that's right. You don't come on the radio. Carter? Carter Goodell. He's Carter Freeman. Carter Freeman? Yeah! Yes, indeed, Gavin Dawson. I do come on the radio, and there's no one that can tell me otherwise. This is true. Now, I wanted to start here, this wonderful day of college football. Of course, we've got Duke's Mayo Bowl going on right now. I've seen no less than three different Mayo-themed items brought up to the broadcasters in the booth. (laughs) There was Excellent marketing on their behalf. They do an incredible Matt job. Matt Berry and, and Coach Mullen mm-hmm. will, and they're fun guys to do it with. So, yes. Yes. The, the two Good of them, marketing there. The two of them, I think, feed into just the goofy nature of college football and when the way that When you do that, that Thursday moved. night game every week, you got to have some goofiness involved with yourself. Definitely. And uh, Mullen was in there enjoying some mayo nachos that I saw at one yeah. point. Matt, go look on Twitter, see Matt Berry's face. Just him looking at them and just the disgust of it. It's the polar opposite of last year when Mike Golick Jr. was dipping yes. the Oreos into mayo and just enjoying it. He was loving it. Yeah, that was gross. Come on, man. What's up with an old school BLT or something like that? Just give me a BLT made with the Duke's mayo. You don't have to do 
some weird thing like Oreos and mayo. It doesn't get mayo clicks. nachos. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't I guess get it engagement. Doesn't get You're yeah. right. Mayo ice cream. These are all the out. internet. <laughs> They've got mayo ice cream at this thing, man. I try it. Oh man, no, that's a step too far. I put I mayo Duke's on all my mayo. sandwiches. I love Duke's mayo. The, the 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 poor boy you ate the other day. Duke's mayo was on that thing. Yeah, and I like mayo on a sandwich or a po' boy or something like that. But right. But they got different uh, flavors. They got habanero garlic. They're trying that's that. What yes, they were trying. that was something that's that they, they brought trying. up to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. God. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah we got, too bad. got that going on now. We'll get to see. It's 1710 West Virginia. They had a 75-yard touchdown on their first play first from play scrimmage. First play of the game. Then their defensive back, Beanie Bishop II, had never fielded a punt before. Well, he fields Still a punt it. in this game. Uh, no, he fields it in this game. <laughs> oh, takes it back for a touchdown. Back, yeah. Yep. So West Virginia's two <laughs> touchdowns are on those two plays. But uh, the winner, of course, the winning head coach, will get the Mayo bath once this game is over. Okay, I've seen this before. Shane Beamer got... Two, two years ago, yes. He got hit with the cooler in the head. Like, okay, if, if, if Mac Brown does this, we need to be careful. Mac Brown. Let's not let the cooler like slam into his head. You need to get him a helmet, you know, let borrow one of the players' helmets. Well, just how about how about a little bit better uh, awareness of not slamming the cooler into somebody's head, you know? But the mayo coming out is funny. Beamer's the guy that will go brag to his friends that not only did he get the yeah. mayo bath, he got smashed in the head with the, the cooler, the cooler yeah. too. Yeah. And last year it was Maryland's Mike Loxley. Mike Loxley. He had the big hat on, you know, that big yeah, hat big, they all yeah, wear. Yeah. So everyone was like, no, what are you doing? You got to take it, you know, just the mayo on your head alone. Then he took it off and then they got it on his, on his dome after that. So that'll be fun. I always look forward to that. I call those the Mike Fisher hats. The Mike yeah. Yeah. Uh, big hat. Just a regular ass sauce. Mike <laughs> regular, Fisher. Regular ass Mike ass Fisher, the fish yeah but yeah so we got that going on now later today we've got the holiday bowl between whoever's left on usc at this point and yeah. louisville which it's the reason west virginia is playing in this game right now is because when florida state got left out yeah. they got moved out of the playoff into the orange bowl well that threw the entire acc's uh bowl order into chaos 10 acc schools in the bowls this year am i right about that Oh, I don't know the I think number off the top I think of my head. I, I think, can find out. I, I can think, fact check you. I think they're the. I think they're the lead in the com in the <laughs> conference. We'll see about that. Yeah. I do know that the SEC nine. I think ACC ten. The Sun Belt had twelve, so Ooh. they're not power conference. Maybe but Twelve not. of yeah. fourteen teams playing in a bowl this uh -oh, year. So, uh -oh. Was you got right? numbers for us. I'm trying to find out. Keep talking. All okay. right. So filibuster. We've got the Holiday Bowl tonight. Louisville, USC. We've also got the Texas Bowl. Uh, A&M and Oklahoma State. Uh, Ollie Gordon, the second, the Doak Walker Award winner at mm -hmm. Oklahoma State, announced he's coming back to Oklahoma State next season. Sophomore, isn't he? He is a sophomore. Oh, it's good. He's coming back, though. So, yeah. Oh, he's not the transfer portal <laughs> he, then, huh? It must be the transfer portal because, yeah, he's not draft eligible. So, he doesn't. Yeah. It felt like he didn't need to announce that, but it is what it is. Greatest holiday bowl I've ever seen was uh, Lucius's SMU ponies playing BYU. Look that thing up. Came down to the last play of the game, like a forty-four to forty-four to forty-one kind of a game. It was crazy. Back with like what Ty Detmer in the eighties. No, Ty Detmer games. in the Holiday Bowl against Texas A&M lost sixty-three to ten, I believe, and separated both shoulders in the game. It was the it was I'd never seen a quarterback get hit that many times in a game. Wow. So yeah, he he separated both his shoulders at the time. And I think Detmer. I think he won the Heisman that year. I think it was 1990, is but they they pummeled him that day. Ugh. The one that got the Heisman then got beat up. Yeah, yeah.
did That's both. That's the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Ty's a good dude. We so, draft him in Green Bay. So I was lucky enough to get to go to the First Responders Bowl yesterday. Yeah, how was at it? At SMU Stadium. Texas State, rowdy as hell. As uh, we were driving to the stadium, my dad and I, looking on Twitter, I'm seeing all the videos of the SMU f- or the Texas State fans on SMU's campus. Yeah. It looks like there's a lot. And let me tell you, there <laughs> were a lot. I think 26,000 plus was the attendance. Uh, I'd say 20,000 of those were Texas State fans. This was them. the Bobcats' first ever bowl appearance in 10 years as a FBS team, and their fans showed out. And they showed out so much that they drank all the beer in the stadium by the third quarter. So we didn't anticipate the group from San Marcos coming up and drinking all our beer. Probably I don't think so. You know, they probably should have known what kind of hooligans they were dealing but with. But no one... No, Bobcat Nation is strong. No bowl has ever had to deal with the Bobcats fans in a bowl game, That's right? True. So they, they, first. I don't think they knew what they were in for with how much they were going to party. And this started hours before the game. I'm sure it went hours afterwards because they won. They beat Rice by a huge margin. Yeah, Rice turned the ball over seven times in that game. Three different quarterbacks, multiple interceptions, multiple drop punts. Yeah. It was a comedy of errors. There were a ton of penalties in that game, too. A lot of players getting hurt. Yeah, um, that, that's what we noticed. Yeah, we noticed a lot of injuries. And mm-hmm. Lucius even brought it up. It's like, Lucius is going, wow, what are we another, doing another guy laying on the ground here. What's going on at this game? Budweiser! <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of Budweiser drank. <laughs> Guys, big shout out to the Sun Belt. Did they have 12? 12. Okay, it yeah, was it, two teams. What was the ACC? ACC's at 11. You were right. Uh, 11. I, I thought it was so 10. You, you yeah. shortchanged uh, the ACC one. would be at the next uh, most with 11. Then the SEC tying with nine alongside the Big 12 and the Big 10. Who had the least? The Independent. Oh, no, Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Notre yeah, Dame. Uh, Ar- Arm- no, Army plays. Well, BYU used to be. BYU, no, not anymore. They're Big 12. Who are the independent teams? There's four independents. Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Army, although this is their last year as an independent. They're right. joining the American Ooh, that's right. next right. year. Yeah. UMass and UConn. Yeah, what the hell is UMass and UConn? What do they think they're doing? Well, UConn used to be in the Big the East. Big East Big and East. the American, but I think it just benefited them to go independent in football and Big East and the rest of their sports. And then UMass is, we like to call them UMess. Because I don't think they've ever won more than three games since they've moved up. They're always a man. homecoming opponent, aren't they? I, I think so, yeah. Aren't they kind of the homecoming opponent? Yeah, one of them has to win a so game. You invite grandma season. to the game and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Invite everybody to the game. I'm showing out. Yeah, yeah. Like, Coach Stage going to start me in the corner. LSU, <laughs> LSU versus UMass. Brian Broaddus was playing in that game. That was, mm-hmm. that was one yeah, of those that's, games. That's where you get yeah. playing yeah. time. That's when you got some and playing time. that was a game you won. Yeah. Absolutely. 7-0 and in games like that. Conference USA needs to do better. Only four bowl teams. Now they only had nine teams this year, Maybe so they're they're, okay. they're adding a couple more in the. <laughs> now in the they're future, two and one in their bowls right now. So they're they're doing all right. So yeah, but hey. we need to get more teams in there now. North Texas isn't in it anymore, so no, they're not. And, uh, all right, Carl, let me ask you this before we get started on these games on these on these. Who do you like in these playoff games? Who give me give me a, give me your give me how you think the playoff? Unless he likes Washington and Alabama, is that who you think is going to do this? He's not picking Texas. The, the fun thing about the Sugar Bowl is I think you look across both sides, both teams, you can say one good thing about yeah. one team, you can say just as good of a thing about the other. Like I've seen that, you know, Washington hasn't played a defense like Texas has played this right. year with Washington's crazy attack. Well, Texas hasn't played an offense like Washington's this year. Yeah. Like I think you look both ways, it is just about as even of a game of a matchup as you yeah. could possibly ask for. And both secondaries stink. So you're probably going to get a lot of points. Yeah, I don't know. Washington's how, receivers are incredible. I don't think Texas can cover them, man. You know, you don't I think mean, they can have pressure? 
Get now pressure they, on this guy? Well, see, they're, they're not even a great pressure team. They're a great run-defending team. Yeah. And you Washington know? won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive, offensive line, line in the country. They sure did. But again, yeah, they haven't gone through they haven't gone through those two defensive uh, Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat. Sweat. Yeah, they haven't played Devondre, anyone like yeah. that. So I, Sweat's the real deal. It'll be one of those games. I think that it comes down to that last whoever has the ball last, and if they can you know get down to the move down the field and score at the very end. Like I think it's going to be one of those affairs with the Rose Bowl, Alabama, Michigan. Everyone's picking Alabama, and I understand why because it's Nick Saban, and that's what they do in the first. They have uh, Alabama hasn't lost a semifinal game. They're they've made I think this is their seventh one. Wow, they've so won they every single semifinal. The They're going. To, or, sorry, no, I I lied. They, they lost State the lost the first one. They've won their la, okay. their most recent six. So pretty much every time, other than the first time, they win the first time. But they popped the cherry, and they were good from that point on. This Michigan team, I think people are discounting them. Because I picked them to win the national championship before the season. And their roster is going to be, they're going to have as many players drafted as any team in the country this season. Like their sec, their corners are good. Yeah. Their defensive line is good. You may, you know, kind of, you know, push their offense to the side because McCarthy had a poor end of the season, but he looked really, really good at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I know Alabama is going to be the best team they've played, but they have playmakers. They still have Blake Corum. They have good, another good running back. Like, I, I people are picking Alabama because they're Bama, and I get that. I'm not mad Michigan's at that. Michigan's got the better quarterback. But like y'all said a couple segments ago, they were one play away from losing to Auburn and not even being a part of this conversation. Yeah, and that was recent. It's not like early in the season when they're losing to Texas. Like they've played poorly in recent weeks too. So that's a game I'm going to pick Michigan because I think really highly of that roster top to bottom, but. I mean, as we've seen from Jalen Milrow, Alabama's quarterback. That's like, what I was going to ask you. Do you feel like Milrow has gotten better since the Texas game? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, he's he's played like a top five quarterback in the country since that that game. Since he got, he because then he got benched the next week and everyone saw how bad their backups were when they almost lost to South Florida. Then he comes back and he's been electric ever since. Mm. I would like the, the selfish side of me from what I've seen so far in my little college scouting that I've started. I'd love to see Alabama's corners play against these Washington oh, this secondary. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. Burton and Kirkpatrick against Adunze, McMillan. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. I, that, that would be fun tape to watch to be able to evaluate for a draft. You start playing games like that and covering those guys, you're... So are we rooting for Washington-Bama then, selfishly? Well, no, I, I mean, I, my son, I, I got to pull for Texas, though, right? I'm pulling for Texas. I'm pulling my for money goes there. Yeah. I'm trying to help them. Give Texas some, is a physical team. I mean, somebody texted in like Washington's not ready for the physicality Texas plays with this year. They do play physical, and they got some big boys up front. Uh, but the pass rush is going to be key, be key. And what do they need to blitz? Do they need to send extra rushers. I tell you what, man. It, I mean, Michael Penix is yeah. damn good. But but Carter's right, man. This Washington's offensive line's for real. Yeah. That left tackle's a good player. Now he's going to kick inside and probably play guard at the yeah, next level. Yeah. Shorter, 6'2". Is he a first-round player? I think he's going to be a first-rounder. Yeah, he might be the best guard in the draft. Tim or BB. And Washington's running back, Dylan Johnson, he finished the season on fire. I think that he's probably the player that no one's talking about enough in that matchup. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the two, the defensive line for Texas, how good they are. That's going to be another problem for them to stop because he was awesome in the Pac-12 championship game. Before we let you get out of here, power rank the four quarterbacks playing in the in the in the games. Penix, Milrow, if he's playing like he did at the end of the season, Ewers, McCarthy, and I like JJ McCarthy. And he, but you said you're gonna pick Michigan. 
I do. That's how much I think of the rest of their roster. Wow, that's that's good. Uh, you did. You mentioned all those the running backs and they do they do run the ball well. God, they run the oh, ball well. Yeah. I think Sanra still is what their cornerback mm-hmm. or a safety for Michigan. That dude is he just flies around. Yeah. And yeah, Will I mean, Johnson, their their corner, yeah, Edwards like, and Corum, mm-hmm. and they kind of take over that. Corum thing. But, is is fun. I think to if watch. Texas can pressure Penix, they they can win that game. Yeah, no, uh, like I, I said, Holmes. that's going to be a. That's not going to be more than a touchdown no, it's game. Phoenix. Less Phoenix guy. Uh, any other bowl games that you're going to go to? You're not going to drive to tonight, real quick. Just hit the. Yeah, just drive down to Houston. Go, go yeah. Gordon go, go see that. No, I want to see if I can't get out to the Cotton Bowl. I want yeah. to do the DFW sweep because I, I was able yeah. to go to the the Frisco Bowl last week. I went to the Armed Forces Bowl this past Saturday. First Responders Bowl yesterday. So then the Cotton Bowl was the last of the DFW ones. You're going to wait and buy tickets like day of. I, I think I might. Might be the way to go. I, has Marvin Harrison Jr. said if he's going to play in that game well, or there not? Well, there was some thought about that maybe he didn't practice today. So there's thoughts there might be some, maybe he's having some second thoughts about Is he officially even declared? Might get that nice graphic soon. You know, thank you, Buckeye Nation. Yeah. But he's Any leaving. day now, leading up to the game. All right, Carter. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Let's cross talk with the get right tonight. Uh, looking like Alec Medford, Blake Elliott. Talk with them next. Thank you very much, Lucius. Tremendous job as always. Thank you to Frankel and Frankel segment sponsor as well. Uh, don't worry, Brian. I've got the dates. I'm going to get us booked for these uh, Las Vegas buffets for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm going to get this under. Underway. Make sure we hit the win. I'll get the win, and I'm going to get that bacchanal. Uh, bacchanal. <laughs> at Caesars, however the hell you say this. Uh, joining us now, the get right. We got Alec Hey, Medford. you got to get your reservations for the win right now. I'm yeah. trying. Yeah. Right now. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm on it. It's I'm not on serious, it. bro. You talking about Super Bowl? No, I can Come tell. On, bro. Like you were looking at me like, dude, don't waste another day. Come on second. now. <laughs> you should have done this a freaking month ago, you idiot. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm working on it. Uh, Blake Elliott, Alec Medford, how the hell are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. How are we doing, boys? Good better. Is this show called The Graduates? The yeah. Graduates, baby. Yeah, it was The Young Guns. That's what Chris Arnold came up with. No and more. then Yeah, now it's The Graduates, I guess. Uh, however long we can ride those coattails, we're just going to mm-hmm. go with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, get it, get it. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to ask you both a question. Uh-oh, 60 it's minutes now. What's now. the one thing that you learned in school that you think well, you will never use in your broadcasting days? Ooh, Ooh. Uh, Pythagorean theorem is up there. Quadratic uh, formula. Yeah, pretty much anything in oh, advanced we did, we did, quantitative we reasoning. Math. We did some... Some math problems? Yeah, them core classes, man. Oh, really? Uh, Freshman stats. I will say it's a big tip of the cap to the UTA broadcast program. There's there's a lot of former radio people running that program. So it was a lot of, hey, there's a textbook. Don't buy it because it's useless. I'm going to teach you what you need to know. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, so there there was a lot of great stuff that came out of that. Really appreciate it. Okay, one time, I'm going to say this real quick here. One time I was asked to speak at North Texas to a broadcasting. Uh-oh. I missed group. that class. I, yeah. This was a few years ago. <laughs> I was asked to speak. And I walked in there and I told him, I told the class, I said, nothing I studied got me my job in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I just had to get fired as a scout to get this job <laughs> is what I had to do. And so yeah, I'm sure that you guys, being the graduates you are, appreciate some jerk like me, like you know, coming in, like the former player, the former scout, the former mm-hmm. GM. How do you guys think about that? Like as, as professional broadcast, I, I think I think it opens the space because at first it used to just be a space of people who study journalism yeah. and that stuff. But now we're seeing former athletes, current athletes. Everybody kind of has a voice with social media and technology nowadays. So I think you know we can all grow. I'm not a person that thinks wow. I did have that mindset of, wow, this person's here. It's going to make us look worse, whatever. It's like now there's just everyone's there. There's more eyes. There's more opportunities. 
And back to your first question, the class that didn't teach me anything, yeah. geology. I, really? or actually, I don't know if it was geology. What's the people, one with rocks? Is that's that that is geology. Yeah. Yeah. geology. I'm about to say, people throw rocks at you for your performance. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. my college roommate uh, majored in geology. Wow. I was like, what, what do you hell? Shots fired at Woolchuck's roommate. Yeah. But literally, I was in that class, and we were learning about rock formation and cementation. And I don't know if that's a word. What? <laughs> I think you just made up something I that's think, a little bit worse. I think you did. Rock sedimentation? Is there that, you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's a little uh, bit more accurate. A little closer. I'm going to try to save this sinking ship and say that the athlete in uh, broadcast thing, I think it's necessary, honestly, because I think people do crave that uh, sort of insight and mm-hmm. that sort of kind of information that we're not going to get from watching the video and from, you know, going to class. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, the best broadcasters will prevail. And that's why you see the guys who studied forever are in the play-by-play seats. Right. And that's why you see them hosting the nationally syndicated shows. Mm, and, then, and then you've got the, you know, the the experience of the former athlete, what have you, mm-hmm. as kind of the color guy. You know, whether it's an actual play-by-play broadcast or a talk show, you know, I, I think it's a great element. And. Uh, I, I want to shout out Ari Temkin because I remember when I would produce his BetQL show on the weekends, mm-hmm. I'd be doing homework and he would just look up. He would just poke his head over, be like, Medford, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, yeah. doing some English homework. And he's like, stop. I'm like, why? And yeah. he's like, you're not going to learn anything from that. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn more here than you ever will there. Stop racking up that debt. Sorry, Ari, I didn't listen. Yeah, <laughs> North sorry. Texas Television, k you all of them taught me more than I learned inside of my classrooms, you know? Yeah. Amen. It just... This is what it is. Some people, if you're going in STEM, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, mm. the classroom is very important. I agree. But if it's doing something more creative, I think you learn more with your social skills, who you know, connections, how to talk to people, yeah. kind of all that stuff matters more. I would say this, though. What I've learned in life is as many get to know as many people as you can mm-hmm. because what happens is somebody remembers something about you and then mm-hmm. they give the like, – like now it's like, well, how can I get any experience? Like how do I get a job? I can't get any experience. Somebody will say, hey – you know, I'm going to train you to do this. I'm going to teach you how to do this. It works a lot more. I mean, that's that's kind of how I've looked at things. But you know, sometimes it's not like what what like not what you know, but who you know. Absolutely, in a lot of ways. So. That's true. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys have coming up on the show today? All right. So at 8:20, I feel like I've kind of avoided this enough. But you know, Mitch Garver leaving the Rangers in mm. a free agent deal with the Mariners. Are you hitting the Rangers panic button? And Micah Parsons sounded off on the referees and the officiating or the lack thereof in his favor after practice today. We got the sound from that that will hit at various points Let's throughout go. the show. Oh, fantastic. What do you guys think of the uh, news that Russell Wilson's time in Denver probably over? It, it, that story kept evolving throughout the day. We were talking about this in a break. Before it was he's maybe going to get cut, kind of some contract stuff, injury, and then next thing you know, Dan Rossini just said that he's probably going to get cut. So I don't – I would bank that for her. Yeah, I would bank that there is a there. I I know Diana very well, and I know who she got that from very yeah. well. So, yeah, I, I think that's something you need to keep a not keep an eye on. It's it's probably going to happen. Yeah, the the fun question would be where is he going to be? Because that's a eighty five was an eighty five million dollar dead cap hit if he if he gets cut. So. Well, I could split it up, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean we could we could kind of work around it, but they don't want to pay him the extra, even though the Walton family owns that. That team, the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. they still and thirty five million is not a it's a small dent to them, yep. but, but yeah, th- they don't want to. Sean is trying to save him some money here. Yep. He didn't. He's not like I'm, I won't play this guy if it saves us thirty five million dollars. Yep. it's not, just interesting to me because I don't know where you go now. 
you know, because, uh, you know, Jared Stidham is Sean Payton's guy. I know that's been the conversation today is they really like him, whatever, but you don't have any draft capital going forward because of yeah. that Russell Wilson deal. So, again, like, if you're going to try to get that guy, it's going to be a free agent in my mind because you don't have the capital to go watch, find a guy. Watch the Broncos trade Patrick Sertan. Oh, that could do it. They're mm. gonna, they're gonna they're gonna go into a mode where they don't. Sean loves to give next year's one up to try and move up and get it, you know, but he has to have a one. Yep. But the thing about it is, I could definitely see him start to trade players mm. to try and get back into this. So he de- he doesn't have a one right now. Does he? He's got a one, right? Or does he not have a one? I don't. Maybe think got Tankathon up real I, quick. I can get it. Yeah, I, I didn't know because. If he doesn't have a one, Sean loves to trade next year's one mm-hmm. to try and get to move up in a draft. And, and see, the thing that was confusing was they went on that little win streak and yeah. then they had a, a oh tough the Denver loss. The, the loss against New England crushed him. Okay, <laughs> it was so yeah. gross because yeah. apparently it was reported it was after that Kansas City game that that's when the talks talked about hey yeah. get this out of your contract and he didn't obviously budge. So. Okay, so they currently have the 14th overall pick. Oh, oh, okay, so he's got a pick. He's going to finish. He's probably going to be out of the playoffs. He's probably going to be right there in the 13-14 hole. This guy's going to go. He's going to give a player to go up. Or he'll give mm. next year's one to go up. So, you, so you think they go get a QB? I think they do. If they get, I think Sean will go get a guy he wants. He'll figure out which one of these guys. Sean Payton, when I gave him, when I was in Philadelphia with Sean, Sean was getting coffee for the other coaches. That's how low on the totem pole Sean was. Hey, that's He's not too bad. Out. He's yeah, in there. 1998. Sean was one of the lowest coaches on the totem pole. I gave him ten names. That was the uh, Ryan Leaf Peyton Manning draft. He 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 totally nailed it on on uh, Manning. Said Leaf wouldn't touch. He also gave me uh, my guy from uh, from Boston College that uh, Matt Hasselbeck. He said, "Hey, listen." He goes, "Listen, I, I know that you know. I'm, I'm going to give you a guy, you know, third round guy that we should look at." So the guy he goes, "This guy from Boston College, Matt Hasselbeck," and I'm like, "Going, oh, okay, sure. We'll you know we'll look at him." Yeah, he was right. He he had that he had that list dead right. Mm. He's a good quarterback evaluator. He really, really is. Yeah, I mean he's got the eye. He was in on Romo. Yeah. I mean Oh, he, he was big time. He's the one that got Romo here. Well, he was recruiting the whole time and Romo was recruit he was recruiting Romo the whole time. Parcells got on the phone and Jerry closed the deal. So Sean did a really nice job on that one. Leave it to Jerry to close the deal. Yeah. Uh, I think Alicia's was right. We could be bleeped on these reservations for the win. But I got Uh-oh. us down for Caesar's spot <laughs> oh, no. for now. You might need to pull some strings on the win. We'll, we'll just ask Tim. Tim can pull strings now. We might, we might need to be like, hey, Tim. Because uh, certainly right now it's saying no reservations available at the time you're requesting. So what the bleep. Uh, but I got we'll us figure one. it out. I've got us one. Wednesday well, night, Caesar's, the Bacchanal or whatever it is, we're good. booked. Okay. Well, then you I call got, me? I got the situation in hand. I'll talk to my Raider guys. Talk to your things. Raider guy. Tell yeah. him, hey, we need these Tuesday nights. We got the media party. Yeah. So uh, Thursday night, that night in Vegas, we need you guys to pull some strings for us. Love you guys. I can't wait to uh, check out the show. Thank you to Lucius. Thank you to Carter. Thank you to Brian Broaddus. I'm Zach Wolchuk. We do have the Cowboys Hour coming up next. Then the the Get Right, 8 to 11. You guys keeping the same name? That's next here. The Graduates.